Well, we now resume our regular programming, all right? Last week, we put our study on pause so that we could address some things that are happening in Israel from a biblical perspective, but today we're going to reboot our message series on divine selfies, divine selfies. Across the pages of the Bible, there are 80 plus pictures of God that are posted to help provide perspective so that we can better understand who God is, what he's like, and what he does. But instead of these selfies being photographs, they are posted in the form of divine names. We have one God, but he's known by a lot of different names in the Bible. And so we've been diving into these names and benefiting from the revelation they provide. Here's some of the names we've covered so far. First of all, Elohim. That's one of three primary names for God. It's the Genesis 1-1 name for God where we learn that he is a powerful and personal creator. God created everything out of nothing. And so that gives us some indication of how strong and mighty he is. There's nothing too hard for the Lord because he's Elohim, our creator God. And then as we've looked at some other names, the name Elohim has carried forward as it combines with another word. So when you see El, that's bringing all that Elohim implies into this new name, but you add it with Shaddai, which is a word that means sufficient. And so now we've got this picture of God who is the Elohim, creator, all-powerful God, who's now all-sufficient in our life. And then you add that El to Elyon, that brings again all that Elohim means into Elyon. Elyon means most high. So God Almighty, the creator God, is the most high God. He's, he's over all. There's no one that outranks him. He's above all. He sees everything. He knows everything. And then we have this last one, which is El Roi. Again, El brings all that Elohim implies to Roi, which means God sees. Specifically, he sees me. It's incredible. Like our all-powerful, all-sufficient God who sees and knows everything can funnel his vision all the way down to just see you. Sometimes I'm amazed when they show these GPS things on TV where like you're looking at high, high altitude and all of a sudden it can zoom down and it can see like your license plate. A satellite can like read your license plate. It can see that well. Well, listen, God can see better than GPS. He sees it all, but he sees you. That fact just marveled King David. Psalm 8, he makes mention of the fact that in the vastness of God's creation, all that God has to do and all that God has to manage, how could it be that you could think of us or care for us like you do? But he do, which says a lot more about him than it says about us. 
So as we're looking at these names, we're getting revelation and insight and encouragement, and we're getting this profound sense of wonder and amazement at the Almighty. He's the all-powerful, all-sufficient creator God, the Most High, who sees all, cares, and makes himself available to our lives. That's pretty incredible. Can we just pause and just praise the Lord for who he is? Now, today's selfie is going to be an equal blessing to behold, but let me warn you that the name of the Lord that we're going to look at today is going to cost you something. To look upon this name, like to address God with this name, to call upon this name of the Lord is going to cost you something. I'm certain that you have been watching television, you see a commercial pop up or you're listening to the radio and there's a a warning, a fast-talking warning that is given, sounds something like this. Limited time offer, no purchase necessary, offer valid at participating locations, void where prohibited, no animals were harmed during the production of this soundboard, subject to change without notice, side effects include dry mouth, occasional pig snort or two, sore stomach, teary eyes, achy jaws, and whatever tingles well, laughing hard. Right? You've heard that before. So there's this warning that gets attached to a commercial or an advertisement. Well, God today, before giving us the name Adonai, is giving us a warning. He's not trying to pull a fast one on you. He he, he just wants to give you up front, there's a warning that comes with this name. And once you learn what this name means and you learn the implications of it, what's going to be required of you? Like you are forever accountable for what you know and for your response to this name. Are you hearing me? There's a warning. There's a warning that God is giving us. Like once you learn this name, if you call on my name, this name, like it requires something of you and you're never going to be off the hook from this point forward of what's required of you. You're now going to be accountable. So if anybody wants to leave the room, Before we make you accountable, if you want to log off online, stop watching. I get it, but there's going to be a cost to this one. Are you ready? Nobody move. It would have been awkward, wouldn't it? If somebody got up and left, that would have been awkward, but glad you didn't. So here's the name of the Lord that we're going to look at today. It's the name Adonai. Adonai. And here's what that name reveals. My Lord who is rightfully in charge of me. Adonai. What does that name represent? My Lord, who is rightfully in charge of me. Hear me. You can no longer say the name Adonai. You can't pray or address God as Adonai without now recognizing his rightful charge of your life. Just to say the name Adonai. It means you're recognizing his rightful place to be in charge of your life. By definition, Adonai must be in charge of your life. And you have to like, give him the place of being in charge of your life. Adonai, the Lord, my Lord, who's rightfully in charge of me. Let me tell you where we're headed today. We're headed to a place where I want you to consider whether or not God is the Lord of your life. 
It's one thing to believe in God. The Bible says the devil believes in God. It's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing for you to make the decision that Jesus, that the Lord is like going to be in charge of my life. And where we're headed today is I'm going to ask you before we're done, like, are you sure that Jesus is in charge of your life? Because he's Adonai, the Lord. Amen? Okay, let's dive into this. I want you to take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Psalms, right in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 16, we're going to look at verse 1 and 2. Psalm 16, verses 1 and 2. The name Adonai is the second of God's primary or foundational names. A moment ago I said Elohim. That's the first primary name. Adonai is the second primary name for the Lord. In fact, it is the name that is most spoken by Jewish people. When they address God, most often they address him as Adonai. Over 400 references in the New Te- or excuse me, in the Bible to God as Adonai. It's one of the most used names for God in all of Scripture. It's one of the most used names by people when they're referencing God. But it's also, listen, one of the most misused names of God. It's used often, but it's also misused often. Moses made the mistake of misusing the name Adonai. When God appeared to Moses at the burning bush, he told him, listen, your whole life has been leading up to this moment and this mission that I'm going to give you. I want you to return to Egypt, and I want you to bring my enslaved people out of Egypt. And so he gave him this very specific mission. But Moses objected repeatedly to God's commission of his life. He said things like, well, man, who am I? Like, I used to be somebody. I was a prince of Egypt at one point, but now I'm just a shepherd in the desert. Like, who am I? And if you think I'm going to go back to Egypt and people remember me, that was 40 years ago. Like, they don't know who I am. They won't recognize me anymore. And besides God, listen, I'm not sure I remember how to even speak Egyptian. It's been a long time. And I'm not very persuasive in my work. Pharaoh is the most powerful person in all the world. I just don't think I have any leverage to go into those kind of negotiations with him. Chapter 4 of the book of Exodus, verse 13, he just says, Lord, please, child, please, send someone else. And then the next verse reads, then the Lord became angry with Moses. What got God so agitated? Well, it was the misuse of his name by Moses. When Moses said, Lord, please, send somebody else. Lord, please. The the word Lord is the word Adonai in Hebrew. Lord, Lord. See, he knew who God was, that he's the Lord. But he refused to do what the Lord 
wanted him to do. He was not willing to like surrender to what that name required. The name Adonai requires. Like you're going to surrender to me as Lord. But Moses wouldn't surrender. Therefore, it angered the Lord. Jesus expressed a similar frustration in the New Testament. When there were people around him who were misusing his name. Luke 6, 46. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? See, if we refer to God by name, Adonai, Lord, but then we refuse to do what he says, we're misusing his name. We're taking the Lord's name in vain. And Jesus goes on to point out, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter Tony Evans puts it this way, confessing Adonai requires actions that verify his true place in your life. Let me ask you, what is his true place in your life? Come on, keep it real. Don't give me a Sunday school answer. Keep it real. Like what is his place in your life? Would you say that he's the Lord of my life? Let me ask you, if, if Adonai being the Lord of someone's life was a crime, like could someone bring enough evidence to indict you and convict you of Adonai being the Lord of your life? Like where do you stand? Is there evidence in your life, word, deed? Like, is there evidence that Adonai is the Lord of your life? Psalm 16, verses 1 and 2. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, look at this, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. These two words in English, translate the word Adonai, my master. The first part of Adonai, the Adon, it means uh, a sovereign, a lord, someone in authority. It was often used to describe a king, Adon, a king. If you watch the chosen then you might recognize that sometimes when people pray on that dramatization of Jesus' life, when they pray, they'll pray something like this. You, O Lord God, the king of the universe. That phrase, the king of the universe, is Adon, Adonai. It means Lord, king, supreme, authority. The back end... The I, that's not AI, artificial intelligence, all right. Adonai, that is a plural possessive form. First of all, the plural. You might remember when we talked about Elohim, that's also a plural. So you could translate it as lords, plural. 
But we also said in our study of Elohim that there's this unique factor of when we see this plural form for God, it's always given uh, singular pronouns and singular verb agreement. So the plural along with the singular is an oddity in language, but it's it's a great theological truth that our God exists in a mystery. One God, three persons, the plural nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Adonai is an affirmation of the fullness of God. He is the Lord, and he is in charge. It's plural, but also possessive. And what possessive means is that it's my Lord. So it's a personalization. It's it's a recognition that Adonai, the Lord, the fullness of God, who's large and in charge, is my Lord. Now, the use of Adonai or Adon in ancient times had a particular like association, which is a little difficult for us to take in, but it's an important revelation of truth. So Adon, Adonai, was used of a slave owner. And so it meant a master, an owner. Now, we can't really find anything tasteful or anything that would make us want to associate something positive with slavery. It's just repugnant. The idea of like owning people is just repugnant to us. It's difficult for us to see anything positive about that. Even so much so, uh, a few months ago, there was a group of African-American historians who were criticized for making an observation of how many slaves during slavery learned trade skills which provided them competencies after slavery. And when people heard that, they were like, yeah, but... Like, I don't think we want to try to find a silver lining for slavery. Like, the whole thing is just repugnant to us. But at the same time, History is filled with generation after generation of people who know what slavery means. Because if you go back in the written record, as far back as you can go, there's slavery. Even before the written record, there's archaeological evidence of people being enslaved. So this is a universal metaphor Every people of every period and every place know what slavery is. So when the Bible uses this metaphor, it's something we all get. We may not like it, but we all get it. And this pulls up a positive side. And again, hard to say. It pulls up a positive side of slavery. This in pictures, when the Bible uses Adon, Adonai attributed to God, it brings the idea or the picture of an owner who's benevolent, kind, compassionate, caring. And so in Psalm 16, that's why we read, keep me safe, come to you for refuge. Notice, you are my master. 
So Adonai brings a dignity, a respectability, benevolence, goodness, caregiving to this idea of being an owner. And the response that's expected by a servant of someone like that is gratitude and loyalty. And so God keeps us safe. God is our refuge. He gives me every good thing I have. So Adonai is my master. Like he's rightfully in charge of my life. Now, if you want Adonai to be in charge of your life, to take full responsibility over you, then you're going to have to invite or allow him to be in charge of your life. You've got to make the Lord the Lord of your life. Because you can, listen, you can take charge of your own life if you want to. You can make your own decisions. You can make your own way. But when you do that, I want you to hear this. God can't fulfill his full responsibility of like, being over you if you take charge of you. Like you, you, you can't make all of your own decisions and then benefit from his wisdom and perspective that he could have offered you if you want to make your own decisions. Or if you want to schedule your own blessings and schedule your own promotions, schedule your own relationships then you're not going to benefit from the one who has perfect timing and can create divine appointments in your life. Listen, God is Adonai, but he's not going to force himself on you. You can remain in charge of your life. But if you do, you've got to accept the consequences that come from being the Lord of your life. Listen, it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But I think it's a much better idea to let Adonai be the Lord of your life. The one who's all-powerful, all-sufficient, all-seeing, all-knowing. It seems like a good decision to let him be in charge. But that's up to you. Now, before you make that choice, there's a few things you ought to consider about Adonai being the Lord of your life. Here's the first one. He deserves an undivided place in our life, one that includes both Savior and Lord. He deserves an undivided place. Now, I'm going to step on the headline of this series. We've tried hard to play this slow because we kind of want to get to the end and have the da-da-da-da, but we can't always do that. This is one message I can't do that because the name Adonai is such a clear moment to make this identification. So the headline of the series, I'm going to step on it. The headline of the series is that all of these names for the Lord find their fulfillment and their embodiment in Jesus Christ. I want to slow play that, get to the end. Bop, bop. But there are moments I just can't, but this is one of them, because Adonai, Jesus provides such amazing high-definition clarity to Adonai. 
In fact, all the disciples of Jesus, their favorite thing to call Jesus was Lord. The apostles, when they wrote the New Testament, they wrote Jesus is Lord. 250 times Jesus is called Lord. In fact, all of human history is moving in a direction of acknowledging Jesus is Adonai. Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is Lord, and he deserves an undivided place in your life, that he's both Savior and Lord. Now, let me say to you, there's a difference between acknowledging Jesus is Lord, and confessing and surrendering to Jesus as Lord. It's one thing to say it. Jesus even said, a lot of you call me Lord, but then you don't do what I say to do. There's a difference in you acknowledging Jesus is Lord and you surrendering to the fact that he's the Lord of your life, but he deserves that place. He deserves that place. First Corinthians chapter six, cold, hard fact. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. The word body means your whole self. So your physical self, yes, but your mental and your emotional and your spiritual self, all of that all of that, Jesus purchased the right to be the Lord of all of you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I plead with you to give your bodies, give your whole self to God because of all that he has done for you. I think I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm going to say it like he deserves Jesus deserves to be the Lord and Savior of your life, like an undivided position. But that means you're going to have to consider all the implications of Jesus being Lord. That means Jesus gets to be Lord. If he's Lord, he gets to be Lord of your dating life. That means he gets to be Lord of your career path. That means he gets to be the Lord of your attitudes and your actions. That means he gets to be the Lord of your like online activity. Like the decision for Jesus to be Lord is an undivided Savior and the boss of me. Secondly, if you say yes to Adonai being the Lord of your life, Adonai expects a kingdom urgency to top every other priority we have. I know how busy and like congested your life must be with all kinds of responsibilities and deadlines and demands and essentials. We all have that. And to some degree, we kind of compartmentalize our lives so that we have you know, certain categories 
that can kind of be buttoned down and like there's things happening in all these compartments and categories of life. But when Adonai is Lord of your life, there, there's a kingdom priority. There, there, there's, a, there's a way about the Lord. Like he's got a way for your life. He's got an agenda for your life. He's got a plan for your life. And when Adonai becomes the Lord of your life, like everything bends to his kingdom agenda. Let me say it another way. His business becomes your business. And there's no compartmentalizing. There's no part of your life you go, well, I get this and he can have that. He can have Sunday, but I get Friday night. I guess that's my night, right? No compartmentalizing. His priority rises to the top. There's an urgency about your life that recognizes his business is my business. Third, Adonai is going to be the Lord of your life. Adonai requires faithful stewardship over what he has given us. We read in Psalm 16 that every good thing has come from him. James 1.17 says, Whatever's good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Everything we have in our life is on loan from God. And there's an expectation that we're going to steward it or manage it faithfully. 1 Corinthians 4.2. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So all of your relationships, all your business opportunities, like all your personal talents and abilities... All of that has been given to you by God. And Adonai, the Lord, expects we will faithfully steward what we've been given. So back up and look at all that because it's a lot. Like he deserves an undivided place in your heart. That his agenda has to have the top priority in your life. And that you have to steward everything, manage everything that he's given you faithfully. But shouldn't that be the aiming point of like every believer? Like every person who's here, like you, that you know the Lord. You've trusted Jesus as your Savior. Shouldn't he be the Lord? Shouldn't every part of you like belong to him in such a way that people can see Adonai is the Lord of your life? There's a man by the name of D.L. Moody who lived in the 19th century. He was a preacher, an evangelist, a revivalist, and he offered this famous quote. It says, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated, fully surrendered, fully saying yes to Adonai in every area of the life. The world has yet to see what it's like for a man who's fully surrendered to the Lord. And my aim is to be that man. My goodness, there's something in you. If you don't have something in you that stirs with that, 
Like, I, I want to be that man. I want to be that woman. So fully surrendered to God. So fully surrendered to Adonai, the Lord of my life. His business is my business. And I steward faithfully everything that he's given. I want to be that guy. Fully surrendered to the Lord. But to be that guy, you got to cross a line. And Adonai is like a line drawn in the sand. You can't be casual. you got to be committed. You can't be occasional. you got to be ongoing. You can't be cool. you got to be red hot. And there's a line drawn. Adonai draws a line in the sand. Come on. Give me your whole life. Make me the Lord of your life. Now, we like line in the sand moments because they're holy, the Texans. Colonel Travis at the Alamo draws a line in the sand. This cause is worth fighting for, but it's going to take your life. I can't ask that of you if you don't give it. So here's the line. Leave or step over and stay. And every Texan says, Viva la Texas, man. As people stepped over the line, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Like holy Texas moment. Well, this is a holy God moment. As you consider like stepping over the line and saying, Jesus has an undivided place in my life. He's my top priority. And I'm going to steward faithfully everything that he's given me. Why? Because he's Adonai. He's the Lord of my life.